This is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 111. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm your host, Monica Louie, and I am bringing you another insightful interview today. Last week, I brought you the incredible Azul Tarones, who helps authors who lead bring their books into the world. And this week, I have one of his latest best-selling authors who's here to share an important message with us. But first, if you're new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I'm Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served thousands of students and clients, and we are in the trenches every single day keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And as you may know, Facebook and Instagram ads are always changing. And if you want to stay in the know with all the changes related to Facebook and Instagram ads, I invite you to join my free email newsletter. And when you join at monicalouie.com slash guide, you will get my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. Today on the show, I am honored to have the always amazing Ruby Freeman on the show. And as you'll hear in the interview, Ruby and I first met at Azul's Authors Who Lead Mastermind in February of 2020, right before the world shut down. And even before I knew her name, I knew that I liked her when she suggested a dance party at the event. That is my kind of girl. But more than a love for dance, Ruby has so much more going on. She is a certified life coach, NLP practitioner, leadership mentor, speaker, and author who has helped thousands gain the confidence to quit performing, crystallize their messaging, and lead their movements with integrity. An expert on personal growth and inner work, Ruby is the host of the top-rated podcast, Potent Truth, formerly known as Today's Thought Leader, and has appeared in over 100 publications and podcasts. She works with her clients one-on-one or in group settings at her live retreats and in her collective. Known for her big heart, her no BS approach, and shamanic gifts, Ruby's work bridges the gap between practicality and spirituality, offering leaders an opportunity to create true inner expansion. Her favorite topics to speak on include potent leadership and conscious entrepreneurship, which have landed her on stages around the world. Ruby sees herself as an advocate for humanity and uses her online presence to encourage her community to question the narrative and cultivate true sovereignty of mind, body, and spirit. She currently lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and their two dogs, Luke and Leah. In today's show, Ruby shares the difference between influencers and leaders and what it means to be a potent leader, how to take off the mask and ignite the real you, She shares how to fearlessly express the real you in your brand and business, even in the age of cancel culture. And we discuss her top tips for dealing with cancel culture or shame culture, as she calls it, if you ever, God forbid, come face to face with the risk of being canceled online yourself, plus a whole lot more. 
Ruby challenged me in this interview, but in a really good way. And I can't wait to get her book where she dives into all of this much more in depth. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 111. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 111. All right, here's my interview with the incredible Ruby Freeman, the author of the brand new best-selling book, Potent Leadership. Let's dive in. Hey, Ruby, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It is such an honor to have you here. I so appreciate you joining us on the Flourish Seven Figures podcast. Welcome. Monica, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited that you asked me to be here and cannot wait to dive in. Well, I have known about you for a while and we actually had the the honor to meet each other at February of 2020. I actually, we were at the Authors Who Lead Mastermind. My good friends, Azul and Steve were putting that on and you were there. And that mastermind was focused on helping authors get their books out into the world. And here you are, we've kind of come full circle now with your book just launching and being out into the world. And I'm so grateful that I got to meet you there. I'd heard about you from Kevin. Of course, Kevin, your husband was in the SBI Accelerator with me, with Pat Flynn. So I heard lots about you from Kevin before we even had the chance to meet. And I was so grateful to get to meet you there. So the world has changed quite a bit since then though. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And how funny, I just put those two dots together that we met in February of last year, which is pretty much one month into the book writing process with Azul. And yeah, here we are. And the book is out. It's crazy. Yes. I love it. Okay. So I definitely want to get into the book, but first tell everyone who you are, what you do today. And then I'd love to dive into your story about how you became an entrepreneur and a coach and all the things. Yes, definitely. So my name is Ruby Fremont and I help entrepreneurial leaders build movements without sacrificing integrity. And I do this through a combination of what I call the inner work. So becoming who you need to be to lead your mission, your message, and your purpose, as well as business strategy and marketing strategy. So that's who I am and what I do today and what led me to this place Well, let me start at the beginning. So I am Punjabi Sikh. My parents are from India and they were first gen. I grew up in a first generation family in Canada. So my parents, after they got married, immigrated to Canada and I was born in Canada. And so that in itself, when you're first generation from any culture, that is a major culture shock for parents to try and raise their kids because the, the culture is completely different than the one that they were used to and how they were raised. So I grew up in a house that was really honoring the Indian culture and the way kids were being raised in India, but I was living in Canada. So there was a bit of a, a misalignment, let's say that. And my entire life from childhood, I just remember being told that I was too moody, that I was too much, that I had, I don't cry, don't say this, don't do that, wear this, wear that. Basically, my life was being dictated for me. And if I did things that weren't quote unquote allowed, I would be shunned or punished or just made to feel like I was wrong. 
And when I say all this, and I, and I talk about this in the book, like I have the most amount of love and respect for my parents now growing up, maybe that was a different story, but we've definitely come full circle because I realized that they were doing the best that they could with what they knew and what was available to them. So I was raised in a home where I was told what to do, who to be, how to be. And I was definitely a rebellious child and I got caught doing everything. So I was really bad at being a rebel. (laughs) And every time that I was caught, I was shunned or punished. And I just never felt like I was good enough. So little by little, I started hiding my voice. I started hiding my essence, my energy, my expression so that I could comply and abide and be what it was that I thought everyone wanted me to be or needed me to be in order to gain the love and acceptance that I really wanted. So by the time I was in my early 20s, I had completely lost sight of who I was. I got married at a very young age at 20 years old. And by the age of 23, I was diagnosed with clinical depression clinical anxiety, disorder, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia. And I was really in so much physical pain as well as emotional pain that there were many days that I couldn't get out of bed. And so that's when I was put on an assortment of prescription medications. I think it was five total, one of which was highly addictive. And that specific magic pill helped me to not feel the anxiety, which also helped me to not feel period. So for the first time in my life, I had this magic pill that helped numb the pain and this pain, the depression, the anxiety, all, everything that was happening in my body and in my mind and in my emotional being was really due to me suppressing who I was for so many years. It was due to me trying to fit into this box and, and feeling like I didn't belong. And so I started popping these pills a little more than you should. And that became an addiction at the young age of, I think it was around 22, 23. And that was also when I experienced a suicidal attempt. Now I I made it through, but it was in that moment that I realized, okay, God gave me another chance. Let me see what I can do with this. I still didn't know if I wanted this life. I was still really confused. I didn't, I wasn't happy in my marriage, but I decided to start healing. And the first thing that made sense to me was I need to get off these prescriptions. So I started seeking holistic help, started seeing a naturopath as my primary care physician, got off all my prescription medications, went on this really long two-year journey of detoxing my body and getting healthier and working out and by the end of that journey, I ended up leaving that marriage because I started to get a glimpse of who I was. And when I left that marriage, you know, we want to look at the hero's journey and we think, okay, at this point, she's got her life together and things are good, but it definitely didn't go that way. So here I am in my mid twenties, single and living on my own for the first time in my life. But I hadn't, even though I was working on my physical health, I had yet to work on my emotional well-being. So I was still dealing with depression, with anxiety. I was still conforming. I was still complying. I was still trying to be everything to everyone, people pleasing, bending over backwards, not really sure of who I was or what it was that I truly valued or what it was that I truly wanted. And when you're dealing with a lot of this identity 
stuff, what happens is it plays a huge impact on your physical and mental well-being and negative impact. And so I was experiencing this and I started partying a lot. I actually worked in the nightlife scene and my addiction came back, but this time with recreational drugs and alcohol. So I became an addict in my late twenties and that was my way of numbing out. I mean, essentially I was just addicted to numbing out. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. I didn't want to feel like I didn't belong. Like no one loved me. Like I wasn't worthy. Like no one wanted me. I didn't want to feel any of that. So I did everything and anything to numb that pain. And I was in a series of really toxic and abusive relationships. And it wasn't until December, 2012, when I had just finished a shift at a nightclub, I went to an after hours club. I was very drunk and very high and I ended up fainting and I went head first into the concrete floor and I hit it so hard that the music stopped. And when I came to, I couldn't feel my body. I could, I could just open my eyes, but I couldn't move anything. It felt like my entire body had shattered into a million pieces. And I remember people saying, we need to take her to a hospital. And I denied it. I said, I don't want to go because I was so ashamed that I was high. I didn't want anyone to find out. So friends took me home. And a few days later, I ended up going to the hospital because I was in so much pain and of course, I had a massive head injury, a full-on concussion, as well as post-concussion syndrome, which is when symptoms of a concussion last longer than 24 to 48 hours. So here I was in a, in a concussive state dealing with now manic depression. And manic depression is when you can't really even put words together. It's you're, you're in a manic state, like you're crying uncontrollably. Nothing makes sense. I was having trouble forming sentences. I had massive brain fog, light and sound was really hard for me to be around. So I couldn't work. And a few weeks into this, they found out that I had nerve damage in my brain, which accounted for all the pain. So they put me on a prescription, a nerve pill to, to support the healing of that. And it was about a a 10 day round of this medication. And I remember reaching around day eight and starting to feel like the fog was lifting, starting to feel more clear. And by the end of that bottle of medication, I was completely clear. And it was as if my entire brain was rewired. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. God literally knocked me over to prove a point. And I'm listening. Like, this is not the life I want. I don't know what it is that I want, but I know that I don't want this. And so I started to change my life in that moment. This is like January, 2013. I started to make, say yes to things that I would normally say no to and say no to things I would normally say yes to, because I really, at this point had no vision, had no direction, had no purpose. All I knew is I didn't want that life. And so I started getting healthier, working out again eating right. And that helped me heal physically. And from that, my mental state cleared up. I started attending personal development events and seminars and workshops and reading personal development books and really just dove headfirst into that space and loved it. Like I just, I loved everything about personal development. I love the idea that we can take our own evolution in, in our own hands. Like we have control. 
And I started at that point when I was going through all of this, this journey of rediscovering who I am, I started sharing really vulnerably online. Now at this point on Facebook was the main social media platform. And at this point in my life, I had gained a really, really large following because of the work that I was doing in nightlife. I was a nightlife concert and event promoter. So I had a really large following. So I didn't want to share there because it felt like it was too vulnerable. So I created this random Tumblr account, started writing blogs and sharing quotes. And I called the quotes Rubyisms. And it was just like my way of expressing myself through my healing in a way that felt safe. Because remember my entire life, I didn't feel safe to express myself. And then one day I had the courage to share one of those posts on Facebook. And it was like just a blog entry of what I was going through in my addiction and my depression. And when I share that on Facebook, I did not expect what came next. And what came next was my inbox was full of DMs from artists that I had produced events for, from world renowned DJs, from people I didn't know, from people I just knew from nightlife, from friends. And a lot of people were sharing, you know, I'm going through this too. Thank you for putting a voice to it or like sharing their story with me. And I realized, wow, there's, there's so much good that comes from just showing up in this really vulnerable, transparent place. Like I actually feel more connected to these people than ever. And my entire life, I was told not to be this way. So I started showing up in a very real authentic way from that point on everywhere. And that was when I decided, you know what, I want to do something with this. This feels purposeful. So I decided to go back to school, became a certified life coach, really went all in on this career, started my coaching business, became an LLP practitioner, created a YouTube account, started building my community in that way by just sharing in a very transparent, vulnerable way that I think a lot of people weren't doing at that time. And that helped me create a community very, very early on. And today I choose to focus this work that I do with leaders who are also entrepreneurs, but people who see themselves as leaders, because I feel that there's a beautiful ripple effect that can happen. If I can help one leader, that one leader can help their entire community and then their entire community can help more people and so on. And, you know, I just, I, I know what it's like to live as if you don't have a voice. I know what it's like to hide parts of yourself because that's the only way you feel you'll gain love and, and, acceptance from others. Like I know the pain and the shame that comes from that. And I also know what it takes to reclaim your truth and reclaim your voice and reclaim what I call your potency. And so this is the work that I help leaders do because now, especially in today's age, truth is so important. We're living in the era of censorship and it's just so important for people to show up in honest and truthful ways. And I think that our humanity is really ready for that. Humanity wants to see more honesty online and offline. They want to work with people who come across as really sincere, who are actually really genuine. And this is the work that I do. I love that so much. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of your story. I could relate to some of it. Like growing up, my mom 
my mom raised me and it was just us two. And we always, it was always about the appearance that everything was fine. And so she trained me to be very private and, you know, always have this kind of outward appearance of perfection. I was a good student and my hair always had to be perfect. And, you know, the outward appearance had to be perfection or at least as close to it. And so I've kind of felt my own kind of struggle with growing up feeling like I need to be private. I'm supposed to be this certain way, you know, and not let people see this side of me, this other side of me, or, you know, something that doesn't look like it's, you know, fully put together. And so that's one of the reasons why I just love the work that you're doing, because I know you're here to give people permission and not that they need it, but you know that they need to hear it to, to be their true selves and to create that connection with their audience. Because as you said, I mean, I connect with you because you are sharing the vulnerability and the reality of what your life is and what you stand for online. And so anyway, I just want to thank you for the leader that you are in helping us all become who we, who we really are and, and not be afraid to share it. So thank you for that. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for that reflection. So your book is called Potent Leadership. And so I'd love to know where did you get the idea for the book? How, you know, was it early on that you felt like this is going to be a book someday or was it, was that kind of a journey in and of itself to decide to write this book? you know, just start there with where the book idea came from. Yeah. So I didn't always want to write a book. I think the idea of wanting to write a book came about maybe four years ago, five years ago, and I didn't know what it was going to be. I knew it would incorporate pieces of my story, but I also knew I didn't want it to be just about me. I wanted it to be about the people that I'm here to serve. And it wasn't until I started working with Azul that the idea really came forth. Something that I know I knew that I did really well and that I loved doing was really help people reclaim their voice and and lead with authenticity. And then the idea of potency came out. It was just a word that I would use. And Azul had pointed it out and I was like, oh yeah, like this could be it. And why potent leadership is when I first got into the coaching industry, I mean, I had had three other entrepreneurial businesses prior to my coaching business. And when I started my coaching business, I had a social media marketing company. And so I was online, but I was managing other people's accounts and and they were all kind of like health and wellness based businesses. It wasn't until I got into this personal development space and started showing up as my own brand online that I started to notice how inauthentic things are in the online space. And I felt that inauthenticity through people's shares, through how they were showing up, even people I knew, my peers and and others who were doing the same work as I was would have conversations. I'd hear what they were going through and then I'd look at their social media and it was two different lives. It was like they were describing two different lives. And I just thought this was kind of weird. And it just felt like another iteration of what I had experienced my entire life of, of trying to pretend like you're something that you're not. And I started doing that at the very beginning. I was so nude in the coaching space that I just started showing up in ways, copying the people that I, that inspired me really burning myself, trying to be something that I wasn't. And I quickly realized that that's not what I want to do. And that's not how I want to run my business. Like I need to do this my way. And it's hard. It's hard to do it your way when you're in an industry that is preaching a specific way of doing business and a specific roadmap to creating success. 
so when I started to notice these things, I decided, well, let, let me do this different. Let me, let me try and build a successful business in a completely different way. So I started doing it in a way that felt super aligned with me. A lot of times my business coaches that I was working with at the time would call me out for not following their strategies or would say, you know, we don't recommend doing this, but I did the things anyways. And I ended up building a super successful coaching business in a very short amount of time. And I realized that it is possible. Like it is possible for us to show up as leaders in our own voice, in our own essence, in our own expression, using our own strategies in our own potency. Like we don't have to do this like everyone else. And yet everyone is just working themselves to the ground, trying to be like everyone else, trying to please everyone, trying to be on all the different social media platforms and do all the things. And this just leads to burnout and deep, deep unfulfillment. So when I accomplished that, I decided that this is what I want to do. Like I really want to support leaders in this way. And so the book became that there's a, there's a journey that the reader is going to go through. And the book is split into three parts. And the first part of the book is called fake AF, you know what the AF stands for. And part one is really about, it's a very confronting section of the book. And I wanted to start off that way because that's just my style. And I think I'm a strong believer that we cannot change what we do not confront so when you start this journey in the book, you're going to be confronted with everything that perhaps you've been bypassing or not looking at or afraid, have been afraid to look out aspects of yourself, all the reasons why you might be hiding or playing small or pretending or performing or wearing masks. And then part two really helps you uncover who you be. And this is like who you are beneath the projections of who you thought you needed to be. So a lot of people are raised under their family values. And then at some point you realize, well, those aren't my values and I value something different. So part two of the book really takes you on this journey of uncovering who you be and covering what's really meaningful to you, what makes you, you, what brings you joy and what are these shadow parts of yourself that you get to own. And then you go into part three of the book, which is all about reclaiming everything that you just discovered about yourself and then funneling that into your work, into your messaging, into your online and offline presence, into your brand, into your business, into your leadership, because too often people try and fit, they build a business and they try and fit into it, or they build a brand image and they try and fit into it. Whereas your brand image and your business, that that's you. So you shouldn't have to try and fit into anything. Your brand, your business needs to fit and align with you. So that's the book. It definitely ended up being what it needed to be. And I had no idea at the beginning that this is what it would become, but I'm really, really just so excited to share this because I think it's just, you know, this is my legacy work and I feel this is a message that people need to hear. I feel that so many people are, are wanting to reclaim their potency and wanting to live their lives and lead their lives as them. They're tired of pretending. They're tired of wearing masks. They're tired of complying and abiding and trying to be what everyone, what they think everyone wants them to be. And this book really takes them on a journey to uncovering who they be so that they can reclaim their potency and 
experience the freedom that they've probably been chasing their entire life. I love that so much. I can't wait to dive into it. I'm I'm going to grab it and go through it because just each of these three parts, they can, they speak to me for sure. And also, because one of my bigger questions is when we discover our true selves and we, and we realize what we've been holding back on, how do we funnel that into our businesses and our messaging? And, and I, I want to say do it the right way, but I know there's, you know, probably not a right way to do it because I guess I still feel like, because I'm a business owner, I'm a leader. I do need to present, like I've got it together, share some struggles, you know, but I, I also don't want to look like a mess online, I guess is, is where I'm coming from. So how do you, how do you approach that? Well, see that not wanting to look like a mess and Monica, this is super common. A lot of people don't want to look like a quote unquote mess, but you even shared it with how you were raised and your mom and having to have your hair perfect and everything and look a certain way. And so that's where that belief comes from. I mean, why, why do we always have to look like we have our stuff together? Like, why is that? (laughs) that that's just another story that we continue to tell ourselves. That's really true. I guess I think that that I guess it it comes back to that fear that, you know, if I don't look like I've got things figured out, then why will people follow me? And that's, that's what you're all about, right? Is Mm -hmm. that, that people will follow you because they understand you and they can relate to you better Mm -hmm. and that can, you know, help your business succeed and connect further. So one of my goals for the rest of this year and and beyond, but one of my big goals is to become more my authentic self more publicly. And I feel like I, I do it in the podcast more. So I feel like the podcast is a more intimate setting with me and my listeners, but putting myself out there more publicly on social media, that kind of scares me. So anyway, I guess words of wisdom, is it just go for it or is it step tiptoe into it? I mean... I think it's important to look at it this way. I think there's this, like, everyone imagines, okay, I'm going to have this like coming out moment. I'm going to be online, but that seems really scary showing everything, every aspect about myself, showing all the things. And it's like, you don't have to show all of that. This is about you acknowledging like first things first, let's acknowledge who you are. Let's acknowledge what's really important to you. What's really feels meaningful to you. And then let's look at the business and your online presence and see if there's any misalignment with what you value, with what's really important. So even if you uncover what it is that you truly value, what aspects of your business, whether it's programs, offers, services, messaging, branding, anything, what aspects of your business do not align with these values? And from there, you start to see, okay, these are the aspects of my business that I get to shift, that I get to evolve. And so it doesn't happen overnight, of course, because I believe that the journey to reclaiming our potency, it's a journey. Like for me, I'm discovering new things about myself every single day. And I bring more of that into the work that I do. And so it's this beautiful evolution that unfolds in its own time. So really uncovering what's real, what's very important to you. Like for me, integrity is my number one value. So anything that doesn't feel aligned with who I am or, or my other values, such as freedom and justice, these are things that I have to take a stand for. These are things that I have to show up for. These are things that I have to put a voice to, you know, I've gone through many shifts 
and evolutionary stages in my business where I've adjusted things. I've, I've evolved things to continue to feel more aligned with who I am. And it's a process, right? So it's not going to happen right away, but with little shifts, incremental shifts with you showing up, showing the world, just a little more of yourself today, and then just a little more of yourself tomorrow. And you continue on that track, ensuring that everything that you're doing is aligned with your values and what's most important to you. Then eventually you're going to end up in that place where you feel free, where you experience that level of freedom that you've probably been missing in your life, both in your life and in your business. That's great. So we've seen kind of this age of cancel culture. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it where, you know, somebody says something and maybe it's misinterpreted or maybe it's really how they feel, but something happens and it's like, they're getting attacked and shunned online in a very public fashion. I've seen it happen to people I know. And then to other people who I just follow, how, how does that play into this? I guess that's, that's another angle. So how do we fearlessly share the real us and Mm -hmm. our authentic self when this cancel culture could come for any of us at any time, I guess. Yeah. So that's a great question. And it's definitely something that all of us are navigating at this time. And I ended up going back into the book when I was just going through edits and I ended up writing a chapter on this, on, on cancel culture, on shame culture, on censorship, because it's so important to, you know, we can not, not talk about this. And what everyone listening needs to understand is if you're on a social media platform, because this is what we're this is what we're afraid of being shamed or canceled or censored on social media. You don't own the social media platform. So you may have an audience on the social media platforms. You know, you may have a community on the platforms, but you don't actually own any of it. <laughs> that's not yours. An email list, that's different. You have people's emails, your website, that's yours. But these other social media platforms, these are not your property. And so you're basically just playing in someone else's house. And unfortunately, the people who own this house are large corporations that are all about the bottom line. So first, you have to understand that. Make sure that you are diversifying your business enough that it's not 100% dependent on social media. So continue to build your communities off of social media. The good old email list, text messaging lists are really great too. Just finding a way to really capture your audience. And then two, understand that we are living in very unpredictable times right now where the rules continue to change each and every single day. What this time has done is it's kind of brought up the worst in a lot of people, everyone. And the cancel culture and shame culture, I mean, sometimes I feel like that's even worse than censorship. The censorship is like the big corporation just doesn't like what you're saying and they, and they close out your account, just start a new one. But the cancel and shame culture is like when people actually come at you in the comments, in the DMs, in your emails and publicly shame you. And I've had this happen. I had this happen. I think it was like summer of 2020. And it was really, really upsetting because these are other human beings who are now coming at you in a very vicious way. But like I said, this divide that's taking place is really bringing out the worst in people. Now, I'm going to relate this back to what happened for me. So last year, you know, I've had a big following. And last year when I started speaking more of my truth to things that felt a little polarizing to many, I did notice huge dips in my audience numbers. 
And it was kind of like this roller coaster ride for a few months where my audience numbers would dip and then peak and then dip and then peak. And I noticed that on the days that they would dip, it'd be the days where I really showed up and spoke my truth. And I just rode that for a bit because to me, what that was saying is these are people who don't align with my values because they don't like what I'm saying. Cool. Like they can, they can exit my community. They're not meant to be there. And, and you know, there's no harm in that. And then the more that I started refining my community, because that's what this does is the more I like to say authenticity works as auto filtration. So the more authentic you show up, the more you start to filter out your audience. And then eventually you'll start to build a real community. And that's when I really started to notice my community growing and growing and growing and not just the numbers growing, but the engagement, the conversations and the DMs, like in the comment threads, because I've put in enough energy. I've shown the world who I am and what I stand for and what I value, which has magnetize more people who are like-minded and aligned with my values to me and to my platforms and to my work. That to me is a win-win scenario. One, you get the freedom of being yourself. And two, you attract more aligned potential clients, potential customers, community members. Like that to me is a win. I would much rather work with people who are aligned than people who are misaligned. I I actually don't want to work with people who are misaligned because it doesn't feel good to work with those types of clients for me personally. So again, like you just have to bring it back to what's really meaningful to you. What's really important to you. And also have no shame in that. If your bottom line is most important thing to you, then let that be the most important thing to you and own it. But if you value something different then own that as well and bring that into your work. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I see. I can see how there can be this kind of like readjustment period. Where, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Where I was I was drawing out as I was taking notes the the roller coaster that you were describing and the dip is where the people who are just not aligned are are going and and you know, we wish them all the best. But then the growth is going to be those people who have that deeper connection with you and are more aligned. So that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in those dips as well, you know, that's when people can be pretty vicious and shame you or, or say things in your threads. And this is where the inner work. So that's what I was talking about earlier is the inner work. This is where that comes in handy is really being who you need to be to hold this vision that you have for yourself and for your business to really own your worth, to really own who you are, to have conviction in your message and how you're showing up and who you're being. Because when you can stand in conviction with everything that you share, everything that you teach, everything that you do, then no one's comments can throw you off. I mean, sure. There may be a, an instant kind of like flinch moment where you're like, Ooh, that was mean, you know, or, Oh, that kind of hurt, but it's easier to dust that off when you really know and own who you are, when you own your potency, but when you don't, and you're still uncertain of who you are, that's when it's really easy to completely be dragged down by these people who are showing up in, in really vicious ways in the comment threads and in your DMS. Yeah, I was just thinking about like the so when somebody is faced because it I mean it will happen again somebody will be faced with a very loud you know voice or voices online disagreeing with their take on something and wanting to kind of shame them into this 
all I can say is cancel culture of like, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to turn people against them or brands that they're working with against them. Do you recommend then that they stand in their conviction? I said what I said. I meant what I said. Maybe I could have said it a different way. How, How would you suggest that people handle that? It depends on the situation. So one of the traits that I see for potent leaders is humility. So if you shared something and the information is incorrect and someone shares something that's correct, like be humble enough to know that you're wrong and be humble enough to admit that you're wrong. But if this is a situation where you shared something, and this is what we're seeing a lot of, like a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm just going to share this. And they share it from this really emotionally reactive place versus from like a grounded place where they were actually responding and not reacting. And when you share from an emotionally reactive place, I mean, you're basically purging your, your emotions online. And often you're looking at things irrationally. And so you're not really grounded in what you have to say, and you don't have the conviction in it because you're actually at the, at the end of the day, very uncertain about what it is that you shared. And in those situations, I just say like, you know, if, if you doubt something that if, if you have any feelings of being in an emotionally reactive place, just pause on hitting publish and sleep on it, you know, and make sure that you can stand like a hundred percent stand behind everything that you share online. And then the third thing is, is like, I often, like very often, if someone comes into my comment threads and they say something, if it's not just a complete troll comment, like one of those comments, that's just so dumb that it doesn't deserve a response. I will actually engage them in a conversation. I'm not saying this works for everyone, but for me and the role that I play as a leader who really works with other leaders and, you know, I really value connection. And I think that that's what's missing. And I talk a lot about being able to have real conversations with people instead of talking at people. And so I practice that in my comment threads. And if someone comes at me, I'll see if they'll engage in a conversation. And, you know, sometimes they do, and it'll be a conversation, but more often than not, it'll be some sort of a shutdown and that's okay. For me at the end of the day, you know, every situation is different. What matters is that you are sharing only what you can really hundred percent stand behind. And you're not sharing things that you're uncertain of or sharing from an emotionally reactive place. And, and a really great example of this is like, let's take like a breakup. Everyone's gone through a breakup. And I think we've all seen those emotional purges online where someone just got through a breakup and they start venting, you know, online about the breakup, about the experience, maybe finger pointing, you know, blaming the other person, or this is what I got, went through and coming at it from a very victimized mentality. Now that is what I'm talking about when you're in an emotionally reactive place. Whereas someone who has gone through a breakup, processed it, integrated it, and then comes online and shares their experience from a place of, from an empowered place, not a space of being the victim. That that is a post I can get behind. That is something that your community will feel inspired by. That is something that will actually serve your community versus serving your ego, which is a lot of times what these emotionally reactive posts are all about. They're about serving your ego so you can feel better. So ask yourself, is this post serving my ego or is it actually serving my community? 
And if the answer is ego, then do not publish that post. But if the answer is community, great. Keep going with it and make sure you stand by it. That's great. Oh, that's really helpful. That's, that's a great question to always ask ourselves because I do, you know, in the age of, in, in trying to show up more online, what I kind of shy away from for myself is that I see people sharing like, oh, look, I did this. Look, this is happening. Look, look at this, this is so great. You know? Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't want to look like a show off online, mm-hmm. you know, even when things are going well. So, and, or we got a great testimonial or something. And I know those things need to be shared, but I kind of, I, the, the, I love doing Facebook ads because I get to help promote other people's businesses and I, we get to do the work on the ad and we get to, you know, shine the light on them. So I kind of shy away from that for myself, but I know that is something that I need to do that, you know, my team and I are doing great things and I need to celebrate that more. So do you have any advice for navigating that line of where it's too much about me, 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 and yet showcasing our wins too? I mean, you shared testimonials. So testimonials is something that I've also struggled with sharing in the past. And I've, I've felt very similar to you. And here's the thing, like you can share a testimony and be like, look how great I am. Look at what this client said about me. And that's the post. Or you can share a client testimonial and share a bit of their story and then how you can support the person reading this. And that is something that is of great service. I mean, this person could, that's looking at this post or this testimonial could have been searching for someone like you, but they weren't even sure that this is what they needed until they see it. So it's important to come at it from a place of service and know that like you get to, and you can share your accomplishments, your wins, be proud, stand in conviction of the work that you do and who you're being in this world and know that it's inspiring people as long as you're coming at it from a place of serving. That's great. That's really helpful. I wanted to touch on too, what you said earlier about the engagement in the comments that you'll, you'll follow up and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that is something we know the algorithms, no matter which platform you're on, the algorithms love engagement. They love keeping people on the platform. And that's something we we recommend for our clients and our students with their ads too. Many times there may be a skeptic or two that will comment on the ads. And so we, we tell people, you know, if they're just being a troll, you know, hide and move on or whatever. But if they actually have a question, it could be, you know, really a really good objection that you need to hear and address and being curious. I just imagine you responding and being curious and asking, you know, why they think that or where that's coming from to learn more about their experience. And then that can help not only inform you, but you can also better share your experience or, you know, your response to that. But I think always coming from a place of curiosity is going to be better rather than having kind of those battles that we see online sometimes. Yeah. It's funny, you know, as kids, we're, we're genuinely curious about everything. I mean, you look at like two-year-olds, like when, when a child turns two, it's all of a sudden they've become curious, George, and everything is so, so fascinating. And we lose that. We lose that at some point, usually in our preteen years, because at that point we are so indoctrined in the school systems and the parenting and all the people who are telling us how to be and who to be that we lose the curiosity because we're now being told what to do. And so you have to imagine like you've been told what to do your entire life. You've been told how to do things, told how to show up. You've been told you need to follow these certain formats to become X, Y, Z. 
that we lose the curiosity. And really it's about getting back to a curious state and being an observer without judgment and learning how to practice that because there's so much that we can learn from one another when we're genuinely curious. And this isn't just about learning about the people who disagree with us in our posts. This is about also learning about your actual community and the people that are there, you know, asking questions and establishing connection. Because at the end of the day, every single human being on this planet wants to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged. And so if you can see here, acknowledge someone in your audience, someone in your community by engaging in a real conversation, that is a beautiful thing. And that person will remember you forever. That's so wonderful. I totally agree. And it is, you know, this, this world of, of social media and online, we're more connected than ever, but things can feel much more distant, especially with the pandemic. And, you know, we're just starting to kind of get back to normal now. And so creating those connections online it really is possible. It's just a matter of showing up and being present and engaged. So I am super excited about reading your book, Potent Leadership. Can you let us know where everybody can find it and what your goal is? What, what you said is your legacy. So what, you know, 20 years down the road, what do you see this book doing for everyone? Mm, That's a great question. Yeah. 20 years down the road. I mean, my legacy is really to give the world a voice. I think that there's so many people that are walking around feeling like they don't have a voice and like don't matter. And that's what I want this book to do for people is to really help them understand that they matter, that they have a voice and that they get to use it, that they get to reclaim their potency and and show up in really potent ways in their life and in their business. That's great. So people can grab the book at potentleadership.com and where else can people get in touch with you and follow you on social media? You got to follow Ruby and, and check out what she's talking about. She's not hiding behind anything and I love it. And so please share all the places. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the book potentleadership.com, you can also just go on Amazon, wherever you're at and just search for potent leadership to find it. And then if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can go to rubyframon.com and then connect with me online. My handle is at I am Ruby on all social media platforms, but the platforms that I tend to spend the most time on are Instagram and Twitter. So definitely reach out to me there and I will respond. I don't have someone responding for me. It's me. So if you send me a DM, let me know that you listen to this episode and just share your biggest takeaway or biggest insight. I'd love to connect. And yeah, these are the ways that you can connect with me. And like I said, I really do appreciate conversation and genuine connection. So if you do message me, be ready to actually hear back from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love it. And you've got a great podcast too. Oh yes. I always forget to mention that. I don't know why. (laughs) So my podcast is called Potent Truth and you can find on iTunes, Spotify, and all the other podcast applications. Perfect. Go, go follow Ruby in all the places and listen to your podcast. It's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This has been such an honor to to chat with you. I was so excited that we were able to make this happen and share your book with more people. And just, I really appreciate you and all the work that you're doing, Ruby. Thank you so much. Mm, Monica, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I just honor your time and your energy. And I really, really appreciate being able to share this message with your community. Thank you. I so appreciate Ruby coming on the podcast and sharing her journey and her wisdom with us. I told you 
She challenged me in this interview and I really appreciate her for that. Ruby and I would love to know your biggest takeaways from our conversation today. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 111 or tag Ruby and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she's at I am Ruby. And I want to give a huge thank you once again to Ruby for coming on the podcast and being her potent self with us. She truly inspires me and you have got to do yourself a favor. Grab her book at potentleadership.com, subscribe to her podcast called Potent Truth and follow her on Instagram at I am Ruby. You will see how unapologetic she is and I know we need more of that in today's world. As I mentioned, you'll find all the links and resources that we mentioned in the episode at monicalouie.com slash 111. And I want to thank you so much for joining Ruby and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with high converting Facebook and Instagram ads, and I invite you to check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit has been fully updated to incorporate all the changes that occurred this year due to Apple's iOS 14 and the changes that Facebook implemented in that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. I explain it all in the starter kit. Plus, it takes you through the six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. And there's a really handy checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And big news, Flourish with Facebook ads is fully updated with all the changes for iOS 14 and all brand new video modules. And if you're ready to uplevel your business with Facebook and Instagram ads, this is the program that will walk you through exactly how to do just that. And you can learn more at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you are interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads and take them off your plate, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, we'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 111. If you found this helpful, please be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast app so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday, and we've got a ton of great episodes heading your way. So follow the show so you don't miss out. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Let's flourish.